0: Attention students! Before buying your books from school at full price, and before next semester, check out SpringerPub.com and use my promo code Nurse Amanda, no space to get 25% off your purchase. If you're in the healthcare field or a student in the healthcare field, then you need to know about Springer Publishing. Go to SpringerPub.com to find books, e-books, journals, and resources to take your next exam. Use my promo code NurseAmanda with no space to get 25% off already low price items. Springer Publishing is partners with Nurses Get Certified, which is nursesgetcertified.com. Nurses Get Certified is the best place to find resources and study tools to pass your next big exam. Um, Just to name a few, they have courses for counseling, nursing, um, advanced practice nursing, specialty kind of nursing, um, neurology, medicine, oncology, psychology, and social work. I just passed my trauma certification with the help of an app I got from Nurses Get Certified. So again, use my code NurseAmanda, no space, at SpringerPub.com and at NursesGetCertified.com to get 25% off your next purchase. All right, guys, welcome back to the Nursing School Struggle podcast. Today we have George, aka at AirMurse on Instagram. George is a trauma nurse, flight nurse, and an instructor. Um, I don't know about you, but when I work in the ER and I get Life Flight um, to come in, they're literally like angels walking through the door. So, um, George, how are you today? Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, good, good. Awesome. I'm really excited to talk to you. so oh, it's um, a pleasure to be here. Yeah, great. So, tell us how you got started as a nurse. Um, have you always wanted to be a trauma nurse, like a flight nurse? How did how did that all happen?
1: Well, um, I began my nursing career back in, uh, in 2008. And uh, so where I went to school, where I went to nursing school, it was actually right across the street from the trauma center where I currently work at. And um, it was interesting because we would be in study groups and I would constantly see the helicopter landing. And I would see... Um, first of all the flight crew landing in the helicopter i would think to myself wow man that's so cool second of all i would see the trauma team uh come out with all their protective gear uh picking up these critical patients and i would tell my classmates i said you know i want to do that one day." um and they would tell me what i said i want to do both you know i wanna, <laughs> i, <laughs> I want to fly in that helicopter and i want to be on the other end of the spectrum and um, god willing i am where i am now um i started my nursing career uh i was an emergency room nurse um working at a local facility um got a lot of experience there um i then um got appointed or you know got got sought after to uh open up a new hospital um in the west end of of miami florida um as a manager there in the emergency department and um It was great. It was an interesting experience. So I got to write a lot of policy. I got to see the management side of the career. Um, It really was not for me. Um, It was interesting, you know, because I got to see the totally uh, different side, a different perspective. I got to see the business aspect of the medical field. Um, Then one day I got a call um, from a nurse practitioner that I worked with that was managing a private helicopter company. And she asked me, says, hey, do you want to fly? I said, absolutely, I want to fly. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, I definitely want to fly. Um, When I was in uh, nursing school, I had the opportunity to do a ride-along with a flight nurse. Oh, they, Yeah, they put me in a, in a flight suit. They gave me a helmet. I saw the massive autonomy that they had while being a 1,000 feet up in the air. And, you know, all the knowledge that goes along with it, not just the medical side, but, the, you know, the flight physiology that goes along with uh, flight nursing. And I was in total awe and when I got that phone call. I had no questions asked. I said I definitely want to fly, um, so I went ahead and I tested and I, and I got the job. And then I, after, you know, a lot of training that they provided, um, the company provided, I got the job as a flight nurse. It was it was amazing, it was totally wow. amazing, experience. Yeah, I to, yeah, I got to fulfill my my dream.
0: How many years were you a nurse before you got became a flight nurse?
1: Uh, five years. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so typically with uh, flight programs, I get a lot, uh, asked a lot, you know, what are the requirements uh, to be a flight nurse? And, you know, it all depends on the program that you work for, uh, whether it's a private helicopter. There's, uh, so there's different programs currently in the industry of uh, aeromedical. Um, so a lot of times uh, it's either a hospital-based program, meaning that the, the helicopter is either owned or rented by the healthcare facility, or... It's a pre-hospital-based program in which it's uh, run by your local uh, fire rescue, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's a county or a city uh, department. Um, Hospital-based programs are a little bit different um, because you have to, when you're not on a call, um, call meaning, you know, you get a sick patient, they call you and, you know, you throw on your boots and you go. Uh, You are based on the hospital and they expect you to take care of patients, you know, either work in the ER or ICU setting. They call you and you go.
0: Oh, so you'd have a, you actually, in that case, have a patient assignment and you're kind of like on call for the, the flight.
1: If you're in a, a hospital based program, you don't have a specific uh, patient assignment, but you assist with other patients. Cause then you would, you would have to give off your patients. Oh, assignment. okay.
0: so you're kind of like a floating around helping. That out. is
1: correct. That is correct. Okay. okay. But, the, but the first oh. helicopter program that I worked for was a private company oh. and, um, we, were, we had a base. It was in uh, northern Florida. We had a base, and we would only respond. It was a, not a hospital-based program. It was a private program, and we would be on the base until we would receive a call.
0: See, that's how I pictured it. I kind of pictured it like kind of like an ambulance team kind of hanging out until you get a call. Um,
1: Absolutely. And that's how I am now. Uh, yep. Right now, I'm part of a county department, which is uh, fire rescue-based. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have a base. And, um, so the base is basically you have your own bedroom, you have your own kitchen, you have a gym where you work out oh, and cool. yeah. And you basically hang out until you get a call. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's very important that you're, you're well rested for flight because uh, flight physiology takes a toll on you, whether it's the vibration or the altitude, uh, the humidity, uh, the hot weather, uh, we wear Nomex suits, which are, are fire retardant suits. So all of that takes a toll on your body. So we have to be well rested. We have to be in shape. So now going back to the question that I get most asked most often is, so what do I need to do to be a flight nurse? Right. Um, basically, to be a flight nurse, uh, you have to have a lot of experience uh, because you have to keep in mind that most of the decisions are. Um, come based on your knowledge base you right. do have protocols yes we do function at, under protocols because we are not physicians uh but we have a wide scope and we're very autonomous in what we do so the minimum requirement in most of the major programs across the united states is that you have minimum 5 years experience both er and icu mm-hmm. um, they prefer for you to be a paramedic the reason being is because as flight nurses we intubate patients right and and the ICU experience comes in is because we have uh, ventilators on board and we uh, we don't have respiratory therapists, although some programs do. But that the would expect- be handy. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but the expectation is that you're able to manage uh, the ventilators. The current program I'm in, we have a ventilator, we have a respiratory therapist. So the expectation is that you need to know how to manage a vent, yeah. uh, know the different modes of ventilation, whether it's assist control or SIMB. Um, know how to calculate your your waist, weight weight based weight based settings uh, for your ventilators, and you know knowing how to adjust those ventilator settings while while you're in altitude, uh, depending on how high you are in altitude or depending on the patient status. You also have to have a lot of knowledge um, where when it comes to vasoactive drips, because we basically yeah. it's like a mini mini ICU in the air. We have most of the vasoactive drips that you have in your ICU. We have your dopamines, we have your levofeds, we have your neosinephrine. Right. Um, aside, aside from that, the program that I currently work for, we carried on cross match blood, uh, cause we do do a lot of field calls and, um, a lot of these trauma alerts that we mm. get, uh, need that blood rapidly. Um, and we had the opportunity to give them that life-saving intervention. We have uh, fast ultrasound mm. machines in which we're able to ultrasound the abdomen, uh, to look for any intraperitoneal bleeding. Yeah. So, um, we have a lot, you know, we have a lot of things that, uh, we can manage patients up in the air with aside from doing, you know, your rapid sequence innovation.
0: Things like right. That. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. You're literally a flying ER, flying ICU.
1: <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so
0: do you get, cause I, we have lifelight I work in Maine in a, um, in an ER and we have Lifelight that comes to us. Um,
1: uh-huh.
0: so do you do a lot of like hospital hospital transfers? Do you do a lot of just like, like search and rescue kind of stuff?
1: Um, great question. So, in the area where we're currently based out of, um, it's i not, I don't know if you're familiar with the Keys. Um, uh, down there, you know, we have a few hospitals. It's, uh, it's a small area, and uh, basically, it's uh, more island-based. So, okay. most of um, most of the patients that need a higher level of care get transferred out. Um, whether it's your STEMIs, um, aka your heart attacks, right. um, um, your strokes. Anybody that needs that higher level of care that's not available in, um, in those facilities, they get, tra- they get transferred out, um, and we do get a lot of um, inter-facility transports. Yeah. With inter-facility transports is, you know, you go to wherever they're accepted, there needs to be an accepting physician. Right, we, right. Yeah, we would fly them out to obtain that higher level of care, whether it's your infant um, all the way to your geriatric patient.
0: Very cool. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm familiar with is the, the hospital-to-hospital transfer. Like, on Correct. my hospital, we don't – if it's a STEMI, we, we ship them. Like, basically, as soon as we know it's a STEMI, we're working on getting the paperwork together, get them, like, out the door as fast mm-hmm. as possible. Agreed. Agreed. I did actually have a patient, uh, like, a month or so ago, which was kind of an interesting case, and I never really thought of it because I'm still pretty new to the ER. I've only been there mm-hmm. almost a year now. And he, this patient was actually too heavy to go on the uh, the helicopter.
1: Oh yes, that that's definitely a consideration.
0: Yeah, and I never and I never thought about it until I had this patient, and they were like, "Oh well, he should be life lighted," but um, it was he was obviously like a, a bariatric patient, and um, but life light still came, but they went via ambulance somehow
1: they went yeah they went ground it becomes yeah. a safety issue with the weight imbalances as far as uh, helicopter operations are concerned Yeah,
0: which kind of actually brings up my next question all this training that you've gotten is like you said icu training vent training you have to do your massive you know your um your blood transfusion protocols but you also have there's mu i was looking through your instagram and there was a, a video you did of like preparing for like a water crash so there must be a lot of a lot of just like safety
1: oh there training
0: is that you have to do with that
1: yeah aside from that and i'm sorry i didn't mention it before aside from the knowledge base that you have to have um, you know, I also worked in ICUs in the past, so I have the knowledge base. But aside from the knowledge base and the core things you need as you know, your ACLS, your PALS, right. uh, your NRP, your neonatal resuscitation. There's also physical uh, requirements and physical tests that we must pass um, in order to be flight nurses. And this is what my program in specific. Um, not all programs are the same. I'm going to tell you exactly what our requirements are which I think is great because um, the physicality of, of the job, it does take a uh, toll on you. You know, when you're getting, uh, we call it toned out when we get a call because you hear literally like a tone like a siren go off and mm-hmm. you know, we have to jump out of bed, throw on our boots, get our helmet and go. Wow. Um, yeah, when you're toned out at three o'clock in the morning and you're exhausted, you have to be somewhat physically fit um, to be able to respond to that. Aside from that, you know, the Cuban coffee, I don't know if you've been in Miami, but Cuban coffee helps out immensely.
0: Oh no, I haven't, but I'll, I'll try
1: it out. Oh, you have to try it out. Just a shot of that is 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 probably stronger than a whole cup of coffee. Wow! But, um, aside from uh, having those uh, things in place, you know, the physical requirements uh, for the place that I currently work at is uh, um, as far as testing is to to get hired, you have to be able to uh, to run a mile, and you know, in a considerable amount of time, you know, like 11 minutes or less, which is which is enough time to yeah, run a mile. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, we have to do a uh, climb up four stories uh four stories and down right after the mile run. We have to do a hundred and twenty pound dummy drag about twenty five yards and then there is a um uh, i would say about a hundred-yard swim and a breath hold that we have to do. That's for the hiring process.
0: Wow, is um, that all consecutive? Like you do the uh, the run?
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Okay, you got me at eleven-minute mile, but <laughs> after
1: you. that, I don't know. <laughs> you get a You get a little break after the dummy <laughs> drag and then the swim.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's like a little triathlon.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It well, is, that's
0: it good is. though. I mean, if I ever need a life flight, I hope the people taking care of
1: me are pretty fit. I'm physically fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah and then you know after you do that you you know you have your uh, your mock code you do an infant adult and pediatric patient you know you do a full scenario on them and then you do your 100 question written exam what you were referring to the, the video that you were referring to is that yearly we have to do a um it's a helicopter safety um so they they mimic a crash landing on a helicopter um, in which you're blindfolded and they put you on a device so helicopters are very top heavy so when they hit the water uh, they will go upside down so they blindfold us and the expectation is that we're able to um, get out of that situation safely so it's all about you know muscle memory how to get out of uh, how to get out of that situation and we also have what's called the heats bottle and it's basically a bottle with oxygen that at the most we get about 10 breaths out of there so uh, yeah so you know, it teaches us to be calm in the event that we crash at night, we flip over, know where our landmarks are, take a breath out of that, get your landmark, pull your cords, you know, pull the cord of your helmet so you don't choke yourself and be uh-huh. able to get out of the helicopter safely. So it, I think it's an important course. Um, yeah. Never that know.
0: sounds terrifying. No, but- <laughs> yeah, I
1: yeah, know it is. It is terrifying. And actually people that, um, there was one case that was reported of a gentleman that did not know how to swim. I'm not the best swimmer. I can't tread water at yeah. all i try my best uh if i get tired i just float <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, there was a story of a gentleman that couldn't swim that actually took the course um and had a crash landing and survived because of the course
0: oh wow
1: so yeah yeah you know he had we have life vests so he yeah. pulled the cords of his life vest, and having taken the course is what allowed him to he remembered his training and he was able to evacuate the helicopter safely
0: now, do you guys do that? Is that required for everybody, or do you guys just do that that water crash because you're in the islands?
1: No, that's uh, mm-hmm. FAA regulation.
0: Oh, okay. Because I'm from Maine, and I mean, we have the ocean, I guess, but I don't think we have. Do you have to do any kind of safe, like any kind of scenarios where you're just like crash landing?
1: Um, well, we do it yearly, but um, I like to practice that in the morning. You know, we have safety briefing with the pilots oh, okay. in the morning. And, you know, I, I myself like to stay current. So I, you know, sometimes I'll sit in my seat and, you know, go through little scenarios and say, okay, you know, you you get what's called your reference point where your door is, close my eyes and try to, you know, get out in case, you know, you never know. Right. I used
0: to do, I worked at the, I worked at a prison and I used to, it's kind of, you do it not knowing you do it, but I'd always know like where my exit is. I always have my back. Like I always... My way to the door is always clear. The exit is always clear. So yeah. Things you just do not realizing that you do it. You know.
1: No, you never. You never know. You have to be prepared.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Very cool. Yeah. And another and um, another thing that came up once we called life for life um, but it was too windy. They couldn't come. Do you guys do? Does that happen often?
1: That you know the wind it's is not better. as much as a problem for us as it is uh, the lightning. So it's. If oh. weather, yeah, if the weather's bad, if there's lightning or there's poor visibility, we uh, will we will decline the flight because it becomes a safety issue at that right. point. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh. what's your favorite skill to do on the helicopter?
1: Um, I love intubating. Um, intubating. I think I've been really good at that. School rapid uh, skill, rapid sequence intubation is yeah. very easy to me. Um and you know so I just started graduate school so I I feel like that's one skill I could use to my advantage now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah.
0: oh you said you were just got out of class. Is that what what class you meant? Uh, you're one of your graduate classes.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I just started the the acute care uh, nurse practitioner program at University of Miami. Good for I you. Really, yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to do the CRNA program, but logistically. Um, it's not feasible for me because I would have to stop working for three years. And um, it's oh, just, yeah. it's just not feasible for me right now.
0: So w- what's your goal with that working in an uh, acute uh, trauma center with your acute care? Nurse? That
1: is definitely, yes, that is definitely my goal. I love trauma. Um, you know, you know, I, I worked many years in ER, I did uh, adult ICU, I did pediatric ICU, um, which was all, you know, it's great background to have but when I started working trauma. I yeah. said, I, you know, this is going to be a walk in the park. It's a totally different it's a specialty. It's a specialty. So it's something totally different. And when I got a taste of trauma, it was, it was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. amazing. I That's just
0: cool. got my trauma certification a few months ago and I love it. I work at a small hospital, so we don't get, we don't get that many traumas. Yeah. But, um, there's always something cool. when You get a trauma alert and your team comes together and there's just like, this just um, you're just anxious, you know, but it's kind of like an excitement. It's kind of yes. I feel like you have it or you don't, you know.
1: Absolutely. Like people
0: break down and they, they're like, well, I can't do this. I can't do this. And other and people like us are just like, oh, I totally got
1: this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, it, it's like a well-oiled machine when it comes together, when there's proper communication and everybody does what they need to do. It all comes together beautifully. And, you yeah. know, one thing I've noticed about trauma is that, um, some people will get distracted. You know, you see a lot of a lot of things that many regular people don't see. You know, you see amputated limbs, you see a lot of devastating injuries. But you know, that should never uh, distract you. We call those distracting injuries. Right. You know, they should never distract you from your primary interventions, which are your airway, breathing, circulation. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you always want to follow those. You know, a lot of people see a, a an amputated limb and they go directly to that. They lose focus and say, "Hey guys, let's focus. Let's get the airway before we move on." Right, right. You know, things like that, that.
0: Yeah, when everyone's on the same page, going through the sequence, I love when you have a provider that, like, okay, we're on airway. Okay, we're now on breathing. We're on circulation. Right.
1: It just—it's awesome. It's great. Correct. If you're interested, so um, you said you got your. Did you do your TNCC or you did your ATCN? Uh, my TNCC. TNCC. So um, we uh, we offer the Advanced Trauma um, Life Support as the ATLS, yeah, um, which we do it in concert with the Advanced Trauma Care Nurse course. Um, it's it's a step up from the TNCC. It's an amazing course. Uh, We usually teach it every three to four months. Um, And if you're ever interested in coming or anybody that's listening wants to come, I usually post it on my Instagram. Um, You guys are more than welcome to come. Uh, You know, we have people from all over the world basically come and take it. We actually teach it overseas as well. Uh, We taught one in St. Lucia that was, pretty amazing experience. we had a great experience and say there's a great turnout as well. It's the same. So the nurses get the same didactic information that the physicians do. So it's yeah. a pretty tough course because you're basically taking the same courses as the physicians. Right. Um, yeah. The only difference is that when it comes to the skills aspect of uh, the nurses break out into their sections and the physicians go to their section.
0: Oh, very cool. Yeah. You'll have to uh, give me the information for that for sure.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, so, how long now have you
1: been a flight nurse for? Um, So, flight nursing, I started back, I would say it's been about seven, seven eight years, yeah. in combination with uh with my previous employer and the one now. Good for you.
0: How much schooling do you have left?
1: Um, As far as acute care, so I just started today. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, there it's about a, about a year and a half.
0: Okay. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's thank awesome. you very
1: much. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. Um, What advice would you give nursing students who are interested in becoming like a flight nurse or trauma nurse? Do you think they should get into um, ICU as soon as they can, uh, ER as soon as they can, courses that they should take?
1: my recommendation uh, for anybody that's interested um you know i would highly recommend you do both um er definitely prepares you you know for that acute aspect of when that patient's going to come in uh you you know you improve your assessment techniques you uh you you know er prepares you you look at a patient you pretty much have a pretty good idea of what's going on with them And then ICU is for the post resuscitation phase uh, to help you manage that critically injured patient that's on a vent, uh, that has a ventriculostomy, that you're measuring ICP, that you're running vasoactive drips. Mm. Um, I feel that uh, for a good, efficient trauma nurse, you should have experience in both.
0: Right. Yeah, because I don't have experience in ICU. And I always, as soon as I get my patients stabilized and they're on drips and, you know, they're or they're on the vent, I'm like, okay, someone please take this patient.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. I kept you alive. I saved you. Now go it's to the ICU to
1: where they can take care of you. <laughs> it's it's important for them to have both. And you know, um, if anybody's interested, definitely take TNCC as yeah. an introductory trauma course. And then once you have, it's, it's great. It's a great course to take as an introduction to trauma. Cause like I said, it's a totally different monster than anything you're going to experience medically. Mm-hmm. And then once you feel comfortable with your TNCC, then definitely take a higher level course. Like the one that I explained to you, the advanced trauma care nurse. Yeah,
0: I didn't know about that one. I wish I knew about the TNCC when I was a student I just found out about it when I started working in the ER. But now since I've taken it, I almost approach every one of my patients as if they're, you know, in my airway, breathing, circulation.
1: It changes your way of thinking. Yeah,
0: it does. It kind of changes your head to toe assessment in a way, but I think it makes it
1: easier. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So I'll definitely, I'll post it on my Instagram whenever I have those courses. So if you're ever interested, you're more than welcome to join us.
0: Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, and they're hosted down in florida
1: they we hold some down in florida yes
0: oh, well give me an excuse to get out of maine <laughs>
1: <laughs> a lot of hospitals so a lot of hospitals will reimburse you for the certification especially er's
0: yeah i bet mine would
1: mm-hmm. it's a great course you'll love it
0: yeah i'm sure i would um is there anything you want to add to i i don't have any more questions i think you kind of went through a lot I, you guys are amazing Thank you very much. Whenever whenever I've had uh, interactions with any kind of flight team, they're just so like, they're so calm. And I'll be like, okay, well, this is I've done this, but I haven't done this yet. And I don't know. You guys are awesome.
1: (laughs) That's a big, you know, we have to stay calm due to the circumstances. You know, we have a lot going on. Um, A lot of people people that don't know, you know, which is fine, you know, because you're not expected to know at all. It's like, we have a lot going on in the back of the helicopter. It's uh, it's not just pick up the patient and drop them off. It's pick them up. A lot of times when you pick them up, you have to stabilize them um, because they're not very stable. You have to maintain them. And aside from that, You have to worry about the flight physiology involved. Something as simple as, you know, when you're talking about flight physiology, you're talking about Boyle's law. When you get up into altitude, you know, gases expand. So, you know, something as simple as a simple pneumothorax could turn into a tension pneumothorax if you go up into too much altitude. Oh,
0: that makes total sense, but I never would have thought of that.
1: Because gases are, yeah, because gases yeah. are expanding. So, you, you know, you have to keep track of that. You have to monitor the patient. Um, you, if you have an ECMO, it, it all depends what you have. But aside from that, you have to listen to the pilot and then you have to be looking outside because you have to be communicating what's around your surroundings. So the pilot, once you're in the back of the helicopter, the pilot can't see what you see. So you have to be careful you're not hitting anything or there's no aircraft approaching you because oh, in-air collisions can happen. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of factors. Uh, that are going on when you're in that back of the helicopter. And the main thing uh, to be successful is to remain calm. Hey, actually, situation.
0: I remembered a question I wanted to ask. Who's who's on the helicopter? You have a nurse. I think a sometimes paramedic. you have two nurses,
1: right? Yeah, well, for us, it's a nurse, a paramedic, and a pilot. Okay. Um, and for the and for the nurses, that's one thing that I forgot to mention, that uh, for the nurses, it's recommended that, that you're a paramedic as well. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't know you. Oh, actually, no, I didn't know that. We have some nurses in the ER that are also paramedics. That are
1: paramedics, correct?
0: And that's because of the intubation. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Although, although in some um, in some states or in a lot of states, you work under a protocol, so you're able to intubate without being because you're working under a protocol without being a uh, a paramedic.
0: Oh, Yeah, so you guys have to. You got. You said you had protocols. Is I know sometimes in the ER we get. Um, Oh, what do they call them? When the paramedics will call for the doctor to get orders. Do you ever have to Correct. do
1: that? Um, um, yeah, they have to call medical control to get orders. Control, yeah. uh, not really, because most of the most of the people we hire are very comfortable in their position, so they're they usually manage the patient.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, you're very independent.
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah, very cool. We love what I do.
0: Yeah, I bet I can tell by your Instagram. It seems like. <laughs> a I don't know. I love trauma, but I don't know if I could do it in a helicopter.
1: <laughs> it's uh it's, it's very different. Yeah. It's
0: Although I do every time we call life flight, I get so excited. I'm like a little kid watching the helicopter land and take off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. Do you have
0: anything else you want to add to the end of this? No,
1: no, no. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, thank
0: you so much. This was awesome. I hope you inspire some people, you know, to go further or get, and get their, um, get up there in the helicopter
1: thank you very much and you know I'm always open to uh, any questions that anybody might have and if there's anything I can help you guys out with it'll be my pleasure
0: very cool and again you want to tell everyone your uh, Instagram handle and do you have any other places they can find you at
1: Uh, so my Instagram handle is at airmurse m-u-r-s-e so air underscore m-u-r-s-e um, and that's basically my my only one. You know, I have Facebook, but that's more of a
0: personal thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you do have really cool videos on there, so follow him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, more to come, so keep in so keep in touch, guys.
0: Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much.
1: Alrighty. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you everyone for listening today. Please don't forget to subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a five star review. Stay tuned each week for a new episode.